We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's Monday. <laughs> Here we are. He's Vince. I'm Sean. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Hope uh, hope everyone's having a a decent day. We're uh, we're plugging along this afternoon. Doing the best we can, you know. Yeah, we're here. I mean, it's us really and, all we can do, right? Us and fifteen others. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> The uh, the marathon mailbag is going on at the same time on another channel right now. Five hours strong. So thank you for everyone who is here. Maybe I shouldn't have said, you know, I'm, I'm offering counter programming. I see DK, our old friend DK. Feels like that guy has gone by a lot of different names, not just DK. But uh, he's here. Salty's here. I see Sean Paulus is here. Chi. Chi or Chai? Not sure. Is here. Hope everyone else is uh, is doing well. Maybe maybe when that mailbag ends, we'll uh, we'll get to full population. Wow. DK, he was he's been coming at you pretty hard here. I mean, seriously, man. It's like you know, I I went into last night. He asked, "Does anyone know the score of last night's NBC game?" I missed it. How'd the wow. it's supposed to be a cowboy? How'd the Cowboys do? Just wow. rub the salt right in the wound. It's fresh. Seriously. I get it. It's like, and I'll just say it. This is my birthday as well. So yeah, like, I was waiting for you to bring it up. <laughs> At least Vince texted me today, said happy birthday. You know, yeah. I got, I got family. So, you know, family's been wishing me happy birthday and all that kind of stuff, but it's been a crappy, it's been a crappy birthday weekend. <laughs> and I, I went into last night with very low expectations. Old buddy of ours, Doug, you know, he's a 49ers fan. You and I know Doug. Um, he'll be our Doug. He, he he doesn't live here in town anymore, but he's a Niners True. fan. And he did the, you know, text in the afternoon. So what do you uh, think this is going to really? be? And I just said, look, and he wasn't like talking crap type stuff. I said, look, I have zero expectations of this game. If they couldn't, if if they got pushed around by the Arizona Cardinals, how am I supposed to expect that they're going to play well against the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, it's a good point. And look what the result was. So, I'll tell you what, I haven't watched a lot of 49er games um, for obvious reasons. It's usually, you know, not being broadcast around here. And I'm not an NFL Sunday ticket guy. So uh, <laughs> Brock Purdy is playing way better than he ever did at Iowa State. I mean, yeah. we watched him play against Notre Dame, you know, in that bowl game. And I was less 
than impressed I know. With, with him live and in person. But like some of the throws that he made last night were like he couldn't have walked over and placed it in the hands of the receiver any better. I mean, yeah. I, Man, like, no, was I a, mean, there were other times where he didn't have to do much. I mean, guys were enough. wide open fair all freaking night long. It's like, come on, give fair me a enough. break. Can someone, and that's what Jesse started, you know, he's texting me. He's like, are these, are the 49ers wide open against everyone? Or is it just the Cowboys <laughs> that are this wide open against? And it's like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, and to add insult to injury, because I, I, my fantasy team, I've got injury at quarterback and I'd been, I've been, I've used CJ Stroud the last couple of weeks and he was decent, but he did not have a good game, but I had just picked up Purdy. Wow. Like in case, but I did not use him. But the other side of this is I am probably the only fantasy football owner in the country who started DJ Moore, Chicago Bears wide receiver, who had the massive game Thursday night and lost their game. I'm probably going to lose. I've got Dobbs for uh, the Packers tonight. If I had started Purdy, Dobbs has a decent night. I've got a chance of winning, but probably not going to happen. So you, Nobody you, wants to hear about my fantasy football. Okay. Team. It's you, like talking about your kids' youth sport. Fantasy football, it's like talking about your kids' you know, playing soccer, youth football, baseball, whatever. So you know, we're not so. talk. We're not going to talk about Penn soccer and football. Then we're not going there. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Probably All not. Right. <laughs> we will get to the topic at hand, and uh, um, we'll, the topic at hand. You know, nobody wants to talk about it, but it's Man. what we're here for. It's why we. we are. It's why we make those dollars. It's like when my daughter sees me walking into the room every night, just a little before six. She says, you going to make the money? And I said, yes, I am. Yes, I am. She's not here right now. But I say, yes, I am, typically, when I walk into the room. So, I mean, the bottom fell out Saturday. Let's just start off. We've got some Marcus Freeman comments from his press conference today. Okay. To start, though, with uh, his first comments from his press conference right after the game. Let's see what stands out here. Obviously, just disappointed. Um in the performance, we we got to take ownership as a coaching staff first, right, and as the head coach first, and that our guys weren't prepared for whatever reason. We got to take a deep dive and figure out what it was. You know, it's you can point your finger at at any person, any specific unit, but the reality is, is we better point the finger at ourselves and figure out what were the issues um, that led to the lack of execution. And so we obviously know we got to take care of the football. Um, you can't turn the ball up five times and expect to win. Um, and, and, but, but you know, I know I, everybody's going to point the finger. Sam, you better point the finger at, at us, at me. we got to protect him. Um, we got to do a better job protecting our quarterback and, and putting him in situations to have uh, a, a higher percentage for success. And so, um, you know, a lot of self-reflection we're going to have to do a deep dive into exactly – where the, the shortcomings happened at, and uh, we've got to get this thing figured out. We've got to turn it around because we've got USC coming in next weekend, so we don't have a lot of time to, to feel sorry for ourselves. We better get back to work and um, start preparing uh, for this next upcoming game. Notre Dame has a huge must win game against USC this weekend, and if you're looking for last minute ticket, this battle between the Irish and the Trojans, or if you're looking for tickets to your favorite comedy club or concerts, or other favorite activities, then Game Time is the place for you. 
Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So there's Marcus Freeman right after the game Saturday night. And I just, I, I want to start by saying this. You know, I, I realize everyone's fired, fired up, riled up, all that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here today and say that it's time for Marcus Freeman to go. I don't think either one of us are, you know, down that path i know there are a lot of people who do feel that way right now or at least feel like he is not the man for the job after seeing some of the stuff that we've seen kind of heightened saturday night i think we all have wanted to see marcus freeman succeed especially in the wake of you know the brian kelly you know his less than stand-up departure and probably even more so because of the differences between freeman and kelly because when you look at the two Marcus Freeman is just 10 times the man Brian Kelly is, <laughs> you know, yep. there's no, there's no getting around that. He is 10 times the man Brian Kelly is. He's a stand-up person, a uh, stand-up character person, charismatic person, and a good man. And I would not put any of those adjectives, phrases next to Brian Kelly's name for starters. I don't think either one of us would, Right. Uh, I yeah, I was just you were waxing poetic, and I was kind of enjoying okay. it. I okay. mean, I, no, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like we all want him to be successful, and Brian said to me at one point when we were in fall practice, right? He's like, man, he, he, I think he was he was uh, talking to the team, and he was post practice, and we were like walking out. You know what I mean? He leans mm-hmm. over to me and he's like, 
man, I hope he's the guy, you know? And, right. and I think, I think that's what we all want, right? We all want Marcus Freeman to be the guy that takes Notre Dame to the next level. We all want that because of who he is off the field. Right. And, and because of who he is in the press conference right? and who we think he is to the players and all of those different things, we all want him to be that way. And look, the bottom line is he's been on the job for a year and a half right now. He was given the quote unquote keys to the Ferrari, right? There was a lot of talent here. He's doing a great job of bringing in more talent. You know, all of those things. You don't fire a coach after a year and a half period. You don't. And so I'm now in no way going to advocate for that to be the case, but we do have to start questioning yes. whether he is that guy. Yes. We do. We have to start questioning that. Now, I look, he signed a three-year contract. I am all about giving him all three years to see where this goes, right? But I think the whispers are now talks. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a whisper anymore. It's like, it was a whisper after Marshall and Stanford. Now it's like, we got to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Again, not saying that he needs to be fired. I am not saying that at all. But I'm saying that conversation needs to be had. Yeah, he was a very good defensive coordinator, great recruiter, you know, part of his personality, all that stuff. But what we've seen these last three games is the verdict, the verdict is still out on Marcus Freeman as a head coach, especially because it's a high profile place like Notre Dame. As we've talked about before, when he made the blunders at the end of the Ohio State game, he's not cutting his teeth at at Toledo or Central Michigan or some Mac school. He's cutting his teeth at Notre Dame and the stakes are a lot higher when you get to do it. Like I remember I heard one of the national guys talking after you know, the 10 men on the field and stuff like that, who said he talked to another coach who's at a power five school right now, who said, we've all done that kind of stuff, you know, like 10 men on the field, whatever. It's just that most of us have done it at, you know, at, at these smaller schools sure. along the way, your Florida sure. Atlantic's or wherever. It happens to be, but there's that saying though, Vince, that, you know, you, you can't let one loss affect, you know, one game affect two, you know, you can't let a loss in this game affect the next game or the next game after that. But the fact is when we look at what's happened, these last three games, the Ohio state loss has affected the two games that have followed it as well. The, the sure. way things ended against Ohio state to go from 10 men on the field how that last four plus minutes against Ohio state was handled to an inconsistent penalty riddled performance that was bailed out by a fourth and 16 miracle against Duke. And then that rolls into Saturday night where you see a completely unprepared looking listless, lifeless team just get pushed around the way they did. You know, they're a fourth and 16 away from a three game losing streak right now. If Hartman doesn't sure make that improbable run on fourth and 16. They've lost three games in a row at this point. And as much as I want Marcus Freeman to succeed, there are just more questions now, you know, 21 games into his career, he's 14 and seven. There are more questions now than there were last year. We've already seen face, you know, Freeman face uh, and come through, you know, some, you know, a handful of basically crossroad type moments, you know, like Marshall, how is he going to re- respond and rebound from that? Will they get it rolling? They beat BYU. They beat North Carolina. We're talking about, oh, maybe they've turned a corner 
And then Stanford comes. And then they got it together again after Stanford. Beat a couple ranked teams, including fourth-ranked Clemson. You know, and we don't have to rehash all that. We know all about it. You know, but it's just Louisville was a well-coached team Saturday night. Duke was a well-coached team two weeks ago. And Notre Dame has been the opposite these last couple of weeks. And, you know, Freeman has, has fallen on all these swords and he's taken the bullets for everybody. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. Again, another reason to respect him, you know, talk about being a stand-up guy. He's, he's not, he's not, you know, BK up there throwing everyone and, you know, anyone under the bus when this stuff goes wrong. But what we've seen though, for two plus these last two plus games, they're just more questions than answers right now. About Marcus Freeman, I think I, I think that that's pretty obvious to all of us right now. I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned it, right? You, you talked about how they sound different in a press conference. Jeff Brown says, "Well, today, I, I well, I totally agree with your comments on Marcus Freeman versus BK. He sure can sound somewhat like him in a press conference. I don't know where you're getting that because he doesn't <laughs> sound anything like Brian Kelly in a press conference. Go ahead and listen to LSU's press con- post game press conference uh, after they lost, right? And then go listen to Marcus Freeman's." Marcus Freeman pointed at himself the entire time. Now, can he fix those mistakes and all of that? We, you know, we don't know, right? But he's at least blaming himself, which is what you should do as the head coach. I mean, yeah, and I completely agree with that because, again, like that's the biggest—not the biggest, but like if we're talking press conferences, one of the biggest differences between the two. But I mean, Freeman has in a fairly short amount of time. You know, if if Jeff's point is. He's he's learned how to talk around a question. Sure, I, I get that. that. That's all head coaches. You know, and we'll, no, again, but like we'll hear some of that today. You know, like we, we've got some other comments. And, you know, again, the reason he talks around some of this is like if it were Brian Kelly, he would try to play this. Oh, I'm so wise and sarcastic and and I'm going to act like I'm talking around it, but then I'm going to give a little jab here at the end and let uh-huh. you know that I'm really blaming all, you know, whoever it happens to be, whether it's right. the center or my court. You're like, he he wants, Kelly wants to act like he's yes. fallen on the sword. Freeman actually will fall on the sword. Yes. And 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 not, you know, again, he he's not going to lay either his, his, hang his players out to dry or his assistant coaches out to dry. That's, that's really the most that you can ask for. So if you're saying that, you know, he doesn't necessarily directly answer every question. Okay. Maybe that's the similarity, but I agree with what you're saying, Vince. Like, otherwise there are no similarities between None. Freeman and, and uh, zero and, and, and BK and, and press and crying. If you like Brian Kelly's jokes, man, then you, I don't really understand your sense of humor. How about that? So. Welcome to uh, everyone who has uh, been over on the uh, the mailbag marathon on this monday afternoon glad to have you with us today vince and i just uh hanging out here getting into uh getting into some uh some marcus freeman notre dame conversation we just had the uh the uh first comment from marcus freeman and i was looking at something else rob says what needs to happen a total come to jesus meeting let it all out afterwards get back to the basics let everyone know that everyone is held accountable dominate the basics then go forward i mean there needs to be accountability no doubt about it i mean 
And obviously it, it starts with Marcus Freeman and he's going to hold himself accountable. Uh, but he needs to hold his, uh, you know, his assistant coaches accountable because this is the first group of assistant coaches that he hired. Right. And we talked about that at the beginning of the season. All right. This is his, this is his coaching staff, like, you know, his group. And so you're going to live and you're going to die with your group. He needs to hold them accountable now. Yeah. You know, and whether that's firing or whether that's whatever, it's obviously not going to happen in the first week of October. Right. But at the end of the season, need to see some changes somehow, some way there needs to be some changes. So, you know, I think the jury's still out on all of that. That's, that was the one, one of the major knocks on Brian Kelly is he was never willing to make those changes until it was forced upon him by Jack Swarbrick. Well, and that's going to be, that's going to be a big question for Marcus right. Freeman because there, yep. there, there is still a rest of the season to get through. And I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a chance that they, they can still run the table from here on out. Like if we somehow see some semblance of the the team and the offense that we saw in the first four or five games of the season, there's a chance they can do This is still a good defense. And, you know, I realize the defense got its share of, of fingers pointed at it Saturday as well. But my response to that, and we weren't planning on talking a whole lot about the defense today, my response to that is, a defense can only do so much when the offense is not helping it out. You know, like when Agreed. you talk about complimentary football, there was no complimentary football between offense and defense Saturday night. And when the defense is on the field that often, yeah, you still got to make a tackle, but at the same time, fatigue sets in. What did Vince Lombardi say? Fatigue makes cowards of us all. Well, fatigue also makes tired football players when they need to make plays. And unfortunately, you know, they they whiffed on a couple of, of those big runs by Jordan that turned into touchdowns. And, you know, really, Jeff Brom, he he could have, if, if he wanted to really kind of go for the jugular, you know, he could have gone for the end zone a couple of times. But he was more than willing just to take his layups, kick the field goals there at the end. Or it, it could have been maybe even a little bit more lopsided before it was all said and done. Sure. No, you're absolutely right. It, it was – it was a failure on so many different levels, and it's less of a failure on the defense than it is on the offense, in my opinion. I, I, I didn't – yes, the defense missed tackles, and we, we, we talked about that ad nauseum during the postgame show. No, no doubt about it. I'm not giving them a, a free pass, right, because you still got to make those plays. But the offense did them zero favors in this game. They, they were on the field way too much, you know, and frankly, they did a pretty darn good job based on the – average starting field position that Louisville had versus what Notre Dame had and held them to field goals. I mean, yes, they scored on six consecutive possessions in the second half, but I'm pretty sure most of them were field goals. I mean, what more can you ask for? What more? I mean, you know, they, they stopped Louisville. They didn't let them in the end zone. I, I, I have no issue really with the overall defense. It's the offense that I have an issue with because you're not going to win games scoring what they did. He's not. You know, and and I heard part of the post game show with you guys the other night. I won't say I heard the whole thing, but I know you guys talked about it. And there's a lot of you know fingers pointing at at Jared Par- Parker right now, and deservedly so. And I've got a couple of the sound bites that we're going to talk about. You, I'll just play the sound bites first, and then we'll just kind of get into the whole thing. Um, there were a couple, there, there were multiple questions that came up 
about offense, play calling, predictability, those kind of things today. And I'll just I'll play this first one because he was asked about the play calling. And here's the response. This is the shorter of the two. So I'll play this one first. Here's the response to the play calling. Yeah, it's everything we do as an offensive staff is a collaborative effort. And we talk about it. So, you know, I have no issues with the play calling, right? I have issues with the execution. And, and that's what we have to attack. We can blame it on a call. We can blame it on anything we want. But the reality is if we feel strongly enough to call that play, then we have to have answers for why it did or doesn't work. And so that's where I'm attacking is why didn't it work? If, if this guy was supposed to do that and he was supposed to do that, then, then that's the issue. We have to make sure our guys are crystal clear on what they need to do and don't make mistakes. So, you know, he says he has no issue with the play calling. I think that that's, you know, what stood out from that soundbite, you know, what most people have kind of jumped on. No issue with the play calling. Now, this other one is a little bit more in depth. And this was this was an interesting one that was asked about Audric Estime's ineffectiveness the last two games and, and was asked if predictability has anything to do with that. You know, predictability in terms of how they line up and that kind of stuff. So here's the response to that. Are they too predictable? If we're going to call it, we keep saying the word predictability. If we're going to call a play, right, there's a reason we call it and we feel like it can have success. We have to execute it. You know, we have to execute it. A lot of offenses are predictable, but you, you can't stop them, right? We can say we, can, we know what USC is going to do, but you have to stop them, right? And so the same thing with us is that, you know, we have to find ways to continue to get the ball in other hands, right? And what... What we can't do is, is put our team and our offense in a position where we feel like we have to throw the ball all the time because we're down 10, down 14, down 21. Uh, we can't do that. Um, but we have to block better. And it's not just the O-line, right? Our perimeter, our wideouts, our tight ends, everybody has a piece in blocking. And we have to make sure we're blocking. And a lot of times, if you don't have success running the ball, everybody says it's the offensive line's ball or it's predictable or – you know, whatever term we want to use, but it's, it's, there's a lot of people involved with making sure they get their job done so we can have success running the ball. So it all boils down to coaching. I'm not going to point my finger at the players. It's, it's coaching and making sure that our guys know exactly what to do and then they go do it so we can execute on a play that maybe you can predict what we're doing. Okay, so here's my biggest issue. With that, and I, I don't know, like you're you're kind of making the face now too. The biggest problem that I have with that response, go okay, again, taking the blame, putting it on himself and his coach is fine, but to say that it is it is execution slash coaching versus predictability, I have a big problem with that, Vince, because when you watch that game. All you have to do is look at the personnel that's on the field and the way they are lining up. And it was literally, man, like 99% of the time you can go, this is going to be a run. This is going to be a pass. It, it, It was not much more complex than that. And especially when you're looking at loaded boxes, you know, eight man boxes, nine man boxes, and the way they're lining up against it, like, if if someone like us can sit there can sit there 
and be able to recognize it that quickly watching it on TV. Guys who get paid a hell of a lot more than us are going to be able to recognize it. And they obviously had the right calls made and their guys were making plays all night long. So to say that it's, you know, like we just have to execute it better and and we'll be able to make these plays. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a disconnect someplace. You're muted. <laughs> it's, it's a reach with the answer because he doesn't want to point fingers at somebody in particular like that. It's a word salad, right? That's your favorite phrase. It's a word salad because <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't want to blame players and he doesn't want to blame his specific coaches either. Right. And so if I go back to the, the play calling answer and you go back to the predictability answer, you know, all of those different things, I mean, I understand what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Look, I, I, okay, Penn High School, right? It's a big high school in this area. Mm -hmm. They've been really good at football for a really long time. When they were winning all their state championships back in the 90s, every defense had Penn's offensive playbook, right? And they just ran it down your throat, and they could have – we're gonna we're gonna run it right up the middle right now. It didn't matter because they were better than you, right? And they road graded your ass every single play, right? right? So he's saying it doesn't matter if you're predictable. If you're better, then you're better. Here's the problem: his guys weren't better that day, right? And so you've got to change it up. Now they haven't so been I, clearly better, correct? Than the last three teams. Yes, exactly the, right. The, the, the teams prior to that, they were clearly better than. Right. And you can do that against Central Michigan and Tennessee State. And, you know, right. they they struggled for a little bit against NC. But you can do right. that against those kind of no, teams. No, I agree right? completely. If, if we sit and look at, you know, like we've got, we've got sort of like group of five splits versus power five splits, and they're going to look a lot different in terms of how this team has performed against the two. Right. Right. And I mean, so, one is obviously FCS for that matter. For sure. And 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 I get I get what he's saying. Like it it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Like, but here's the thing we're never gonna get the answers we want. Right. Ever. So if you want him to go up there and say, Yeah, Jared Parker called a terrible game at and this particular play and this particular situation was horrible, it's never gonna happen. He's and he's never gonna say the five offensive linemen or the eight offensive linemen that we played in the game played terrible. Sam Hartman had his worst game. Of the, he's not going to say any of that. While it might be true, we all know it's true. He's never going to say that. Cause that's not the kind of guy that he is. That guy left. He's in Baton Rouge. Now yeah. Marcus Freeman's not going to say that. So we can pick apart his answers and I'm with you hundred percent. Like I would like to hear some different stuff to be honest with you, but he's never going to do that. He's just not now behind closed doors. I hope he's doing all of that. I really do. Because that's the accountability piece that we were talking about, yes. right? And so we'll see if he's doing that as things move forward. But he is never going to say that in a press conference, ever. Wicked Broncos, thanks for the super chat. He says, if Parker can't score more than 21 points on the worst defense in college football in USC, he should be fired on the spot. I don't understand as a Notre Dame fan why we can never get the OCs like Ryan Grubbs at Washington or Sean Lewis at CU. I mean, obviously there was a big offseason offensive coordinator hiring debacle. We can all acknowledge that. Yep. It's it's in the past. It ain't changing. And and they're not firing the offensive coordinator midseason. That's not happening. 
Right. Uh, but part of this as well is it, we've touched on this at times before. And what we've seen these last three games, the way this offense has changed, it really feels like you've got a defensive-minded head coach who's putting his thumb on the scales in terms of how he wants an yes. offense to be called I agree. so that he can protect the defense. Yep. That's that's really it that, it really feels like that to that's me. That's a problem. Like, there's I a stereotype you. of a you know of defensive yeah. head coaches and be, you know like and Marcus Freeman because he's young and hip and you know all these you know cares again charismatic all these different things it's like you feel like maybe it's it's going to be different with a guy like him. But at his core, he's still a defensive coach, and that's what it feels like. Like he's calling – get you know, like there's not much difference in what we've seen in, in, in the way this stuff has been called between Marcus Freeman and Marty Schottenheimer right now. <laughs> you know, like Marty Schottenheimer, old school Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs, run the ball and play defense. You yeah. know, that was Marty's motto. And there's, well, that was Marcus Freeman's that. motto when he got the job. And that's, that's, it. yeah, that's exactly right. Run the ball and play defense. That's yeah. what those guys have in their brain. So I don't think you can pin all of this on Jared Parker even, but you know, obviously we can't separate it because we're not in those rooms to see how right. these game plans are being put together. Well, and here's the other thing. And here's why I don't put it all on Jared Parker. And I realize everybody else does, and that's fine. Look, he sucked the past. And I'm not three absolving weeks. Jared. Parker no, no, he's been terrible the past three weeks. There's, but yeah. it's it as Marcus Freeman said, it is a collaborative effort. Okay, so it can't all be on one coach. It's a collaborative effort, right? So the same guy that was the offensive coordinator of the first four games is the same guy that's the offensive coordinator of the last three. Yes, I understand the competition that they were going up against in the first four games. I get it, and I'm not saying that I don't. But the play calling and the scheme was much more imaginative than it is now. And that has nothing to do with who they're playing. Yeah. Nothing. The run game was more creative. The play calling was more creative and, and made more sense. It That was the first four. This is the last three. It's, I mean, something had to have changed. I don't know what it was. Something changed with Jared Parker. Wicked Bronco says he's not calling the offensive plays. That's on Parker. That's the point of hiring an OC so they can do that. That's obvious. But there's Wicked also Broncos. a scheme. There's, that there's the together. game plan during right. the week that is being put Correct. together. And the head coach is going to have, again, going back to one of the sound bites that we played, it's a collaborative effort. And he is the head coach. And Correct. just look at the look at the hype video that we're not allowed to play on this show that, you know, that 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 came out after the Duke game. What did Marcus Freeman want to do on the estimate run? They, you know, Jared Parker asked him again, Parker has to call the play, but yes. he also has to, you know, run certain things through the head coach to say, what do you want to do here? So it's, you know, let, let's not be so naive as to think that just because the head coach is not the play caller doesn't mean he ha doesn't have any input on the thing. And in the, in the play, in the Duke game, when estimate ended up scoring the touchdown, Parker in the headsets asked Marcus Freeman, what do you want to do here? Freeman said he wanted to run. What did Freeman tell us afterwards that he wanted to do? Freeman was just trying to run that play to get maybe five or six yards, whatever, use a little bit of clock, and then hopefully try to kick a field goal for the win. That's what, again, that's a yeah. defensive mindset. Oh, 100%. That's not an aggressive offensive mindset. That's a defensive mindset is what that is. Yep. So I'm not saying 
that that Freeman is calling the plays, but he's the head coach and he has full input on anything that he wants to do over the course of a game, whether it's run, pass, or whatever it happens to be. And again, going back to the game plan during the week, like this is the general game plan I want. These are the kind of plays that I want. These are the kind of personnel packages that I want. The head coach has full input over all that stuff during the week when you're getting ready for an opponent. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree with you. I, I, the, the head, but the buck stops with the head coach. So if you're pissed off at Jared Parker, you need to be pissed off at Marcus Freeman. Bottom line. I mean, that's, that's where it is. He made the hire. It's his guy and he approves or doesn't approve what the offense is doing. And so that's that's where we're at right now. And and somebody says they could see a scenario where Marcus Freeman gets fired at the end of the year. I don't. Unless they lose every single game from, from here on out. Uh, or he gets caught doing something off the field that he shouldn't be doing. He's not getting fired after year two. It's not going to happen. They don't have a TV deal yun, done right. yet. He's right. got a, He's got a lot of time left on that contract. They're not just going to eat that contract now. There is a little bit of an X factor when you, the fact that you've got a new athletic director coming in next year, you know, no matter where you are. Sure. That's, that's always a thing. Uh, And I think that, that you probably get held under a different microscope when you are somebody else's hire, when you have, you know, a new boss come in, but that's not going to be until next year. I can't, I can't see that happening, you know, after this year, I realize maybe you want that to happen, but I don't see that not going to happening it's not yeah. going to not yeah. because yes we can all agree they should not have lost to louisville we can all agree there's been some uh questionable calls made during a game we can all agree on that all of us okay but everything else that he's doing is top-notch recruiting you know relationships with the players you know right. all of those other things those are all top-notch situations and so you have to take in the entire, you know, the entire thing when you're talking about evaluating a coach. And they're, they're not going to fire him after year two. It's not going to happen unless things take a severe downturn. Severe. Wolfgang Mozart, glad to have you with us, Wolfie. He says, will Freeman be able to get the people he wants in the offseason with the new AD coming that- in? That's a loaded question, though, isn't it, Sean? Because number one, I mean, one, he wanted Parker to begin yeah. with. Well, good. I mean, are, is he going to make changes? That's number right. one. Because if he doesn't make any changes, there's not going to be anybody to get. Okay, so that's the biggest question in my mind: Is he going to make changes at the end of the year, whatever those changes are, or is this going to be the exact same staff going into year three? That's a big question mark for me. It's a big question mark for me. Can he hold these guys accountable? I don't know. What do you think about this? Christopher asks, should Parker insert some of Sam Hartman's offense from Wake Forest? Would that work? Absolutely, 100% no. That's I, I hate that offense more than life itself. And you can't just install a completely new offense in the middle of the season. That That's not realistic. The biggest, the biggest things for me, like when I, again, when I, when I go back to the predictability and stuff like that, like, okay, you need to formationally show the same look, but run different things out of it essentially. Right. I mean, I know that that sounds simple, but like, if you're going to be under center, 
you can't just hand off all the time, which is what happens virtually all the time when they're under center. Like that's the best time to show play action. You hide the ball a little bit better and you've shown the tendency that you're going to run the ball more times than not. So now if you line up under center and you fake to Audric Estime between the guards and then you drop back, it seems like you should probably have somebody, you know, you should have a safety out of position someplace, you know, but that's like, that's, that's the thing to me is like between the fact that they don't nearly use play action enough. They, you know, they showed an RPO look a time or two over the course of the game as well. But, you know, we've talked about that. And I know you guys have talked about that. They don't do nearly enough of that because again, it, it keeps those, it, it keeps the defense more honest, just doing those little things. Not to mention the fact that if you're, if you're going to more RPO, you can take advantage of a defense with a guy like Sam Hartman. But that doesn't yeah. seem to be what they want to do right now. Well, and that and here's the here's the the thing, which is why I think Freeman is more involved in this offensive side of the ball than people want to give credit for. I know for a fact that Jared Parker's an RPO guy. I know this for a absolute one hundred percent fact, and they're not running them. So why is that? I don't know the answer to that, but I feel like I know the answer to that. You know what I mean? So, you know, why aren't they running them? Because I think they could be very successful with that. I really do. I really, really do. Christopher wants to know the difference between RPO and what Sam did at Wake Forest. It's the manner in which they do it. I mean, yes, the overall concept is an RPO, but that slow mesh just standing there with the, I mean, literally the running back and the quarterback are just standing there for like a three count and right behind the offensive line. That That's just, it's no, absolutely yeah. not. So it's completely different. Yeah, the the overall arching concept is the same, but the the manner in which you do it is completely different. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep? Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. A couple other super chats here. Jay says, today's press conference really bothered me regarding comments made from Marcus Freeman on execution versus calls made, in-game coaching decisions, and anything off script for Jared Parker 
have been disastrous in the last three games is what right. should be the end of that. Right. Because, you know, they scored on six straight drives in game one. Like they, you know, there was a lot of really positive offensive things to talk about in the first four games, not the least of which was the creativity of the run game and the play calling. So again, what's the difference between four and three? Yes, the competition is different, but the calls were different. They were different people. Go back and watch those games. I realize everybody's mind is clouded from the last three, and I understand that, and I get that, and I respect that, but it looks like a completely different offense the first four games of the season. A completely different offense, and it has nothing to do with the guys that were on the other side of the ball. I just lost the other super chat that was in there. Wicked Broncos had one. Let me. I'm going to scroll up and see if I can find it. And unless he took it out of there, I don't know. Oh yeah, it's right here. You got it. Okay. So he said we never got an answer on why Greathouse didn't play when he's our best wide receiver. Either you're hurt or you're not. Also, don't see Faison involved after the big TD play. No estimate on short yard. So. Uh, Marcus Freeman did say today that Greathouse didn't practice a whole lot last week and basically that he was still affected by that hamstring. And that's yep. understandable. I've had, yes. I don't know, like guys in, you know, I don't, I don't know how many guys have had a hamstrings. I've popped a hamstring multiple times and, you know, there's different severities of the hamstring, but you know, the bottom line is if you're a guy who's going to, you know, bear down and you're going to get after it with your legs. It's like when you're coming back from it, you can feel like you're okay. And just walking around, maybe you're okay. But the first time you put any real strain on it, you, that, that thing is just going to go again. Hamstrings, they take a while to come back from, you know, so to expect that Jaden Greathouse was going to be able to get in there and like give them 30 reps and, and go full speed was uh was probably not very realistic and so I'll I'll be surprised if he's even up to full speed by this week and especially since it's it's cooling off as this week goes on it's going to keep getting cooler yep absolutely and so I, I I was not overly surprised I mean I think he was in for a handful of plays you know here and there so I was not that surprised yes he was a technical go which is why they said he was a go but I'm sure that that thing was still bothering him. As far as the Faison thing is concerned, the only reason he was in the game to, in the first place is because Rico Flores was getting checked out by the medical staff. And as soon as Rico was good to go, he was back in the game. I mean, that's it's the depth chart. That's 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 what it is. So, you know, you can blame the coaching staff, I suppose, but um, I mean, you know. time to grind. Says he pulls his hamstring every year and falls softball, and it usually lasts all season. And see, like go. this. You know, back in my younger like, <laughs> high school slash, you know, after high school into army, you know, playing intramural stuff like those days, like uh, when it, when I still had, you know, what resembled some wheels, you know, like I relied on, you know, like, like speed, you know, going mm-hmm. all out as my yep. thing. And when I knew I was getting old is when the hamstrings started popping because that stuff started happening every year. And when that stuff started happening it's yep. like i'm done with this i can't run <laughs> the way i want to run i'm i'm done right yeah, i'm I hear not gonna you. be a beer league softball player who goes one base to the next you know yep. 
I was a take as many bases as I could kind of guy. So that's how I that's how I got things done, man. My <laughs> yeah. my coach used to tell me you're on first, you're on third. That's right. I would steal second, steal third. Those days are far behind me. Let me tell you. Yep. Crying wants to know at what point do we stop drinking the Marcus Freeman Kool-Aid? All the press runs in New York, the I love Sam Hartman, I love Audric Estimate Cringe Fest, and the Wake Up the Echoes podcast. What what dude, what do you want? He's the head coach at Notre Dame. Do you want us all to just to take craps on him at this point? Because he's a year and a half into his tenure and he's not doing what you think he should be doing. It's not a love fest. It is a it is a reasonable analysis of how he's doing. No one is love festing uh, Marcus Freeman right now. I don't know what podcast or, or show you're listening to, but no one is love festing Marcus Freeman. I believe about five yeah, I mean- minutes ago, we all said it was his fault because the buck stops with him. I mean, this was, you know, like the New York, Come on, the New York's press runs. And I mean, that's, but that's what you look, do. You put your right. guy out front. He, he's your guy. Would Why? you rather have the national media Come saying on. good things about Marcus Freeman or, or, you know, essentially saying the most neutral things they could about Brian Kelly and talking garbage about him, you know, when he's off the air, because <laughs> they realize what he really is. You know, it's like Marcus Freeman is, is is good for the image of the Notre Dame football program. And I mean, you, you like the former players, there is so much. We had Reggie Brooks on a few weeks ago and talking to other players. Like there's, there's, there's so much more connection with the former players now than there has been in. Right. Probably at least a couple of decades. And that is a good thing as well. Now, obviously we all know that at the end of the day, Marcus Freeman's going to be judged on his wins and his losses. hundred percent. But again, it is nothing but a good thing to have positive images of Notre Dame exactly. in the national media. If you want to call that drink of the Kool Aid, so right. be it. And what? And what do you? What do you guys like? What do you guys want Marcus Freeman to do? Do you want him to come out and just point the finger at everybody else for the way the game went? Is that? I mean, is that what you really want? Because that's what you had with the last coach, and y'all hated it. So you can't have it both ways. He's taking accountability for what he did, and I give him credit for that. Now he's got to fix it. Okay, but again, I'll say it again. We're not going to fire Brian or we're not going to fire Marcus Freeman because he's doing a lot of other things really, really well, really, really well. Now, eventually they may not renew his contract because he's not actually winning the big games. Right. I get that. I get that. But you're not going to fire him after a year and a half because he didn't win the one game y'all wanted him to win. Come on. Here's. Again, we knew that there were going to be growing pains that came with an inexperienced head coach. The offset of that is, look how much better the quarterback recruiting is right now, as well as look how much better the overall recruiting is when it comes to skill talent. Look at look at the way the running back room looks, the wide receiver room looks, Correct. the, the, the secondary looks. Didn't look like that two years ago under Brian Kelly. Look how different that looks right now when it's when those rooms are stocked with talent. Now, are there still issues with the receivers? Sure, because mm-hmm. they're young and they're and they're getting some things figured out. But I think the balance, obviously, is you accept the growing pains in the short term because the the talent pool is going to continually get better over the next couple of years. And I'm not saying it's going to take until year four, but I'm just using this as an example. But 
by year three next year slash year four the year after that the overall talent on this roster is going to look unrecognizable compared to where it was just two years ago under Brian Kelly and that's where you hope that you know if you have a guy like Marcus Freeman who has that recruiting ability and the staff that he has that has that recruiting ability that that talent that much better base of talent starting with those quarterbacks is going to help offset that some of some of that stuff and that as he sort of gets hopefully those mistakes out of sure. his system in yep. the next couple of years that the talent pool is going to be much greater and then you know things are really going to start clicking and firing here yeah soon. i mean he there's things that he needs to learn there's accountability that needs to take place right and i i don't i am not I'm not willing to throw Jared Parker completely under the bus. Again, uh, a lot of that comes from the head coach, right? I, Me personally, I think he needs to let Jared Parker run the offense the way he wants to run it. I, and it's as simple as that. I would right now as well. Like, based on what I've seen the last three right. weeks. Just let him do I, it. I would just say, do your thing. Yeah. I hired you. I wanted you. Do your thing. Yep, I'm with and, you. I'm hands off now. Like, yeah. just just go. You know, because I think his thumbprint is on this offense. And I think that's a problem. You know what I mean? And so right. I think if he just lets the guy coach, let him do his thing, because he lets Al Golden do his thing, I think that's pretty obvious, right? And I think that's paid off for him in year two. He needs to let Jared Parker do his thing. NH says, I'm still way too emotional about the last three weeks to feel comfortable having an absolute opinion on Coach Freeman. And I agree with that. And that's I do fine, think- yeah. I do think you have to, you know, one, let some of the emotion get out a little bit, but, but two, by this weekend, there can be a completely different set of emotions one way or the other, by the way. I mean, USC is going to have the best offense on the field Saturday night, but their offense is still mostly one guy. Yes. Like if you see how they're doing things right now, it's Caleb Williams in a prayer for the most part. And Notre Dame is clearly going to have the best defense on the field. So how many points can Jared Parker at Al, yeah, score against USC's defense Saturday night. You know, I and I would just, I would, I would let it fly, man. I would just say, okay, you got Caleb Williams, we've got Sam Hartman. We know what Sam Hartman can be when the handcuffs are off him. Let's let it fly. Let's have some fun. Correct. Let's see what we can do. You know. Yep. Completely agree. That's how I'd roll. Super chat from Michael Triple X. Oh, in pounds? Is this uh oh we oh that yeah, that's uh Euros. The across the pond? Okay. I think that's I think that's Euros. Yeah. He says, let's look forward to USC. Speaking of which, need to find a way to run the ball and control the clock. Otherwise, it'll be a long night. See, this is the Marcus Freeman offensive game plan that you just laid out right there. Run the ball, control the clock. Okay, Marty Schottenheimer. We're 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 digging Marty up and we're bringing him back in here Saturday night. I don't want Marty Ball. We don't have Christian Okoye and Barry Word. I'm sorry. I don't, <laughs> I don't even Biner. know what to say to that. I don't even know what to say to that. I really don't. I mean, Michael, you're not wrong. Like, that's not a bad game plan. But you better be able to score points, man. Like, you better score every single drive if that is going to be your plan. Like, every single drive better end with touchdowns. And Travis says we can't run the ball. <laughs> that's that's a problem too. Is they want that to be their identity, and obviously they couldn't do that the other night. But again, right. like when you go back to the predictability, and it's you know, like 
does he really believe that they're not predictable? Because you've got to be able to look at yourself and, and self-scout and figure out what your tendencies are. It shouldn't be that hard, right? It shouldn't be that hard to figure out what your tendencies are because they're, it seems like they're pretty obvious. I agree. Everybody knew what they were going to do on third and one. I can tell you that. Yep. Jeff wants to know if we're to the point where they bench Hartman and get the young quarterback some real experience, or at what point does that happen? No, they are not at that point. Sam Hartman is a starting quarterback, period, end of discussion, and that is not going to change until maybe the bowl game. Yeah, good point. And I mean, at that point, maybe Sam is doing draft prep. Who knows what's going on? And depending on what bowl it is, you know, maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe they're like, hey, Sam, head out to San Diego and start preparing for the draft or whatever. You know, um, we want to work with uh, with the younger kids. That That is, I can't even tell you how frustrating it is to hear people say, oh, get the seniors out. Let's yeah. just start all the young kids. Season's over. Play like, for the future. The, yep. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's You know how many transfers you would have oh. after the season? And, you know, like, what kind of message are you sending to anybody? You know, what kind of message are you are you sending to anyone who's thinking about transferring in in the future, starting with the quarterbacks? If all of a sudden you're going to get this quarterback and you're just going to sit him now to play young and experienced quarterbacks, what kind of message are you sending to the entirety of your? You know, sure, it's great for the guys who, who haven't been starting. Maybe if all of a sudden they're out there starting and they're playing more minutes and more snaps and all that kind of stuff but what kind of message are you sending in terms of are we here to win or not because you're still there to win football games it's not just a series of exhibitions for the rest of the year just because you're not going to be in the college football playoff and for that matter you still have an outside chance to at least make a new year's six bowl at this point which by the way they haven't won since yeah 1993 1993 yep so that's still Still something they haven't done. Just saying, it's a very low bar, but that's still something that they haven't done. So, you know, gotta keep that in mind. DK says, can we get a whiteboard on how to run an offense versus a loaded box? (laughs) I mean, I don't think you really need a whiteboard for that, but, you know, just saying. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.